0: This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barak Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem,
1: Israel. You'll never, You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know.
0: Before the Baal Shem Tov passed away, he brought all of his Hasidim close to him, and each one of them he gave a certain job. One of his chassidim, Rabbi Yaakov, he was given the job of telling the stories of the Baal Shem Tov. Yaakov said to the Baal Shem Tov, "Holy Rebbe, what do you mean? I'm supposed to just go around from town to town and tell stories about things that happened to us together?" And the holy Baal Shem Tov he said, "Exactly." And Rabbi Yaakov he said, "But Rebbe, how am I going to know when I'm when I when I can stop? I mean, I've got a wife and family. I don't want to be traveling around forever." So the holy Baal Shem Tov he said to him, "Rabbi Yaakov, it'll be clear to you, and when the day comes." It'll be well worth your while. And the Baal Shem Tov passed away. Everybody knows he passed away on Shavuot, on Shavuos. And after the holiday was over, Rabbi Yaakov, he started on his way. Going from town to town, he would gather people together and tell them stories of the holy Baal Shem Tov. And one day, during his travels, he heard that in a certain town in Italy, there was a, a wealthy Jew who wasn't a Hasid, a wealthy Jew who loved hearing stories of the Baal Shem Tov. So Yaakov works his way over to Italy and finds this wealthy Jew. And he comes there, and he sees this huge mansion. In the front, there's a huge, a huge field with trees and grass. And in the back, it's even bigger. And he goes up the broad staircase to this grand door. And he knocks on the door, and the butler answers. And he says, I'm here to see the master of the house. And this wealthy Jew comes out, and he sees Yaakov, and he says, Shalom Aleichem. Yaakov says... Alechem Shalom and the wealthy Jew says, Yes, my friend, how can I help you? And Yaakov says, I am the official storyteller of the Rebbe, the Ban Shem Tov. The eyes of this wealthy Jew light up. And he says, Really? Come inside. I've been waiting for somebody like you for the longest time. So Rabbi Yaakov comes in, and the wealthy Jew, he feeds him and puts him in a comfortable room. And the wealthy Jew says, listen, this uh, Shabbos, we're going to invite the entire Jewish community in our town. We're going to have a huge meal out in the front of the house. We're going to set up lights and candles and chairs and tables. And when the meal is over, I want you to get up and tell some stories of the Hei and Shem so Yaakov said, sure, no problem. And everything is arranged, and this beautiful meal is given. The community is there and served by waiters with white gloves. Beautiful meal, and everyone's so happy. And the meal is over, and the wealthy Jew stands up and knocks on his glass, and he says, listen, everyone, I have my good friend here, Rabbi Yaakov, and he's the official storyteller of the Hele the Baal Shem Tov, and he's going to now tell us some stories. And Yaakov gets up and Yaakov, who knew literally thousands of stories, many of them where he and the Baal Shem Tov were together. He couldn't remember a single story. He couldn't remember anything. He's so embarrassed and he turns to the wealthy Jew and says, I'm so sorry. And the wealthy Jew says, no problem. It's fine. Tomorrow we're going to have another meal, just family. And hopefully you'll remember some stories. And after davening, they have this beautiful meal. And again, Yaakov can't remember a single story. Not at the second meal, and not at the third meal in the afternoon. And not in Malava Malka, the meal of David the Melech, the King David. He couldn't remember any stories of the Ban Shem Tov. And he apologized profusely to the wealthy Jew. He said to him, I'm so sorry. I really don't know what happened to me. I literally know thousands of stories, and I can't remember a single one. And the wealthy Jew, he said, it's okay, Yaakov okay, if you remember a story, just come back here. And he paid him handsomely because the deal was he was willing to pay 50 lira for every story of the Ban Shemtov that Yakov could tell. So he gave him 100 liras and sent him on his way. Yaakov figured with all the stories that he knows, getting paid 50 lira, a story he could retire for life after this, he left with his 100 liras. Wasn't bad. And as he's leaving, not so far out of the town, he passes by this little village that looks familiar to him. And then he remembers a story. He doesn't remember the beginning. He doesn't remember the end. He remembers the middle, and it's just something. He quickly gets on his horse, and he rides back to the mansion of the wealthy Jew. And when he gets there, he sees the wealthy Jew had clearly been crying. Something had happened. And Yaakov says to him, what happened? Did somebody die? God forbid. Was somebody hurt? The wealthy Jew said, it's okay, Yaakov. I'm okay. Come, sit down. You remember the story? Yaakov said, yeah, I remember a story. I don't remember the beginning, and I don't remember the end. I just remember a piece from the middle, but at least it's something. You've been so kind to me, it's the least I can do. And the wealthy Jew says, sure, sit down, tell me a story. So Yaakov says, once the Rebbe and I, we were with a whole group of Hasidim. And the Rebbe says, we have to go. Let's go, get on the wagon. And we travel to this town in Italy, of all places in Italy. And we get there and we see in the Jewish quarter, everything is boarded up. All the windows are shuttered. Everybody's got their doors locked. And in the middle of the Jewish quarter, a podium is set up. There's going to be a pogrom, a massacre of the Jews. The banshemtovy finds the house directly across from the podium. The banshemtovy goes and he knocks on the door of this house. Nobody answers. The banshemtovy knocks and knocks and knocks again, and he shouts, "It's me, Yisrael, the holy banshemtov. Please open the door." And this Jew, he opens a little bit of the door, and he sees the Rebbe there, and he sees all of us, and he says, "Get in here quickly! What are you crazy? They're going to kill us all." They come in the house. And the Bonshemtov quickly opens up all the shutters and the windows, and the master of the house he says, What are you doing? Don't you understand? There's gonna be a pogrom here. They're gonna kill us all. Are you crazy? The Bonshemtov calmed him down. He said, Listen, my friend, do you think that I would come here to harm you? Nothing will happen to you, I promise. So the Bonshemtov watches as the crowd starts to gather. There's a huge crowd, and the bishop he comes through the crowd. The crowd parts like the sea parting for the Jews leaving Egypt. And the bishop goes and he stands in the podium and he's shouting, how we have to kill all the Jews and we're going to murder all the Jews in this village. The bar Shem Tov, he turns to me and says, Yaakov, go tell the bishop that the bar Shem Tov wants to see him. And I said, Rebbe, are you trying to kill me? If I walk into that crowd, they're going to slaughter me as soon as I step into it. The holy ban said, Yaakov, do you think anything bad would happen to you? Do you think I would send you off for something to happen to you? Go and do what I said and tell the bishop I need to see him right now. So Yaakov, telling the story, he said, I walked into this crowd and everyone parted for me just like they did for the bishop. They were totally shocked to see a religious Jew amongst this crowd. I walked onto the podium and the bishop, who himself is shocked to see me, he said, what are you doing here? I told the bishop, the Ban Shem Tov wants to see you. And the bishop's face, he turned white. And he said, okay, tell him five minutes. So I go back through the crowd. I come back into the house and I tell the Rebbe. Rebbe, he said five minutes. And The Ban Shem Tov said, what? I told you to tell him to come right now. Go back and tell him I said right now. So Yaakov, he goes back through the crowd and the crowd parts and he goes on the podium and the bishop says, what now? And Yaakov said, the Rebbe says, right now. So fine. The bishop comes down from the stage, from the podium, and he walks with Yaakov into the house. And the Baal Shem Tov takes the bishop's hand, and they go into a back room, and they close the door. Well, after enough hours, people got bored. Nothing was happening. The crowd dispersed, and that was the end of the pogrom. And many hours later, the bishop comes out of the room where he was with the Baal Shem Tov, Crying, crying. You can see the tears in his eyes and his face is white, and his eyes are red. And the Ban Shemtov said, okay, we can go home now. And Yaakov says to the wealthy Jew, that's all they can remember. I'm really sorry. I don't remember how the story started exactly, and I don't remember how it ended. And the wealthy Jew, who was crying at this time, he said to Yaakov, Yaakov, don't you recognize me? And Yaakov said, no, I've never met you before. And he said, it's me. It's the bishop. And Yaakov said, "'What are you talking about? You're a Jew! A religious Jew with a beard and a kippah and tzitziot? You're not a bishop?' He said, "'No, you don't understand. When I was young, my family couldn't afford to feed us. We were starving, and the church was right nearby. And they told me, "'Come in. We'll give you a little bit of food.'" They gave me some food and water, and then they would teach me some lessons. And I decided, you know what? I don't want to suffer as a Jew anymore. I'll become a Christian. I'll become a Catholic." And I became a Catholic and I worked my way up the ranks and eventually I became a bishop. And to prove my loyalty to the church, I was the most anti Semitic Catholic bishop there was. I wanted to kill all the Jews, although deep down I just wanted to be a Jew again. And I needed the Geban Shem Shemtov to call me during that pogrom, bring me into the room, and tell me a path of how to do tshuva, of how to come back to Hashem. And back then I said to the Geban Shem Shemtov Rebbe, I'm going to accept everything you said. But how will I know my chuva was accepted? He said, one day, one of my chassidim will come to you and tell you the story exactly as it happened. And when he does, you'll know your chuva was accepted. So when I heard that you were coming to town, I was so excited because I figured that was it. But then you couldn't remember a single story, Yaakov. And I gave you another chance and another chance. And so in between I was davening. I said to Hashem, please Hashem, you've got to accept my tshuva. I'm no longer the person that I was and I never will be again. Please Hashem, please. And then you left here. You didn't remember any stories. And the whole night I was daffing to Hashem. And the whole morning. And when you showed up the next day and you came back remembering one story, then I knew that my tshuva was going to be accepted. And the way that I really knew was when you told me back the same exact story that had happened to me and the Rebbe. So many years ago.
1: The ally 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 People have said to me,
0: wow, I love this idea, the Hasidic Story Project. How can I be a part of it? You can be a part of this project by going to my website, HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C-S-T-O-R-Y.com. That's Hasidic Story without the C-H, without the Chah. And there you'll see a, a link that says, become a patron. That'll take you to a Patreon page where you'll see all kinds of perks and rewards that you can get by becoming a part of this project and coming into the inner circle of the Hasidic Story project. Please go to my website, HasidicStory.com H-A-S-I-D-I-C-S-T-O-R-Y.com and you can participate in the project there.